to the Remember Your Story podcast. I'm Rebecca Devonis. And I'm Sabrina Chirazzo. And this morning, we are lucky enough to be here with Julie Carlson. Thanks for joining us today, Julie. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Could you tell us what mission you served in and when? So I served in the Oregon-Salem mission, um, and I left January 2020 and then came home in July 2021. Cool. So just recently. Yeah. Yeah, like six months ago. <laughs> wow. How has it felt to be home? Um, it's been weird, but good, you know? It felt like pretty natural, but I feel like I had a long time till I felt comfortable. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say has been one of the biggest transitions for you coming home for your mission? Just like adjusting to where everyone is at in life. Like I feel yeah. like on the mission, you're just so displaced from like your family's life and friends that's why I came home and it was just like hard to catch up with all the differences but it was good yeah that's cool yeah it's like adjusting at the beginning of new transfer but it's just a really long transfer (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) well we're happy that you're home we're happy that you're here telling your story could you describe the Oregon Salem mission in yes. a, a little bit for us. So the best mission on earth. <laughs> so it's like a seatbelt across Oregon. Because there's three missions in Oregon. There's Salem, which is where I serve. There's Portland and Eugene. For anyone who knows Oregon, it goes all the way up to Tillamook. And then goes down to Burns, which is like basically Idaho. Going forward into this story, I think it would be fun to tell the people who are listening how we came across you and how this story was suggested to us. We got a message from you telling us that you had um, composed a song on your mission and that the process had been rather miraculous. I told Sabrina that we had gotten this message and we talked about it and we were really excited and felt really, really good about interviewing you and, and hearing how you wrote this song and the story behind it and the impact that it's had on a lot of people. Will you tell us the title of your story and then you can go right into it. Okay. Well, I decided to make the title Maddie Fillmore's Song. Um, about halfway through my mission, my trainer, who I was really close to, her sister passed away in a car accident here in Utah. It actually was on I-15 between like Provo and Orem. Her and her boyfriend hit ice and their car got out of control and they were killed in a car accident, both of them. At the time, I was in a trio and one of the other sister missionaries, Sister White, was MTC companions with my trainer. Sister Fillmore, whose sister had died. Basically, the story that I'm going to tell is about how I wrote a song for their family, and we decided to kind of turn it into a bigger, or put it out on a bigger platform for other people to listen to as well. It was in 2020, in December. It was a week before Christmas, and it also was a week before the girl who passed away. It was a couple days before her birthday. And so that morning, I was in a trio, and we actually were quarantined because some missionaries in the mission got COVID. So we woke up that morning, and we were exercising, and one of my companions opened her phone, and on Facebook, it was like the first thing that popped up. Her mom had posted a couple hours ago that their daughter had passed away in a car accident. And there were already tons of comments on the post, and me... 
and that companion, because we both knew this missionary, were just definitely in shock. Um, I remember when Sister Fillmore was training me, like how much she would talk about her sister and the bond that they had and that they were the closest siblings in their family. And so just, I was in complete shock and it was really sad. And I remember I tried to reach out to Sister Fillmore, but you know, she had like the mission president over, her family was calling and she really had to distance herself from her phone and all the messages because she was just getting like a tidal wave of people reaching out to her. It was really overwhelming while she was grieving in her own way. And so I wasn't able to talk to her. And I just remember the whole day just feeling the weight of that, you know, on your shoulders. And I remember that morning I was in the shower. I was just thinking about how like nothing anyone says to you can make up for that. You know, there's no easy fix. There's no Band-Aid you can put on that. It's just grief. And so I remember just kind of sitting there and wondering like what I could do for my friend. I didn't know how I could make it better in any ways, but I just was wondering what I could do, like what my part could be. And I remember while I was in in the shower thinking about this, I had this idea, it was definitely inspiration, but I had this idea um, to write her a song. So me and this companion, we were together during the initial COVID quarantine. And I've always loved writing music, but I haven't in a long time. It's just like a hobby I had. I love writing things on the piano and singing and ukulele. But I hadn't really done it in a long time. It was something I was kind of out of touch with. And when me and Sister Fillmore were together, she is, her family is super into musical theater. They love it and they're excellent. <laughs> She's so good. And so all the time we would just sing in our apartment. <laughs> we would just, I was trying to learn guitar while we were quarantined because I wanted to do something with my life. <laughs> and so we started writing these little scripture songs together and posting them. And it was so fun. And she was the one that totally initiated everything. She would like scoot up to me and ask me, okay, what's the song today? Like, let's pick a scripture. So <laughs> Here it is, fun. okay, ready, go, like, do your thing. <laughs> and so she kind of forced me into like getting in touch with that side of myself again. And that's just something we would do all the time, just sing. And it totally got me through quarantine because first of all, what missionary wants to be locked in their apartment all day, every day, Second of all, it was just the two of us. I'm a really extroverted person. <laughs> and later in my mission, I had a four sisters apartment and I totally thrived. But I wouldn't have done it any other way. And I just adore her so much. And she really was a godsend to me at that time. So flash forward, this is maybe eight or nine months later when her sister passed away. That was just my first thought. She gave me that gift of getting in touch with myself again when it comes to music. And so I wanted to write a song for her. And so it was kind of cool because when I was when I was thinking about this, I almost even had this vision of my mind of this becoming even more than that, of it becoming something that could be used as like a tool to touch other people, which was kind of cool. So I get out of the shower and I go, I went and told my two other companions about my idea. And then during lunch, I locked myself in our bedroom and I just tried to write and nothing came to me. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was sitting there 
with the worst writer's block in the world. I just had absolutely no idea what to do. And so I kind of sat there for maybe 20 minutes, just having a bunch of really bad ideas. <laughs> and finally, I kind of said a prayer and tried to focus. And I just closed my eyes and really tried to tune into the spirit. And that's when I started hearing the song in my head. And so I had a little dinky piano that we had borrowed from a member. And I kind of started playing it out and all these lyrics just flooded in my mind. So I wrote all of them down. And during lunch that day, I wrote down all the words to the song and a basic instrumentation. I told my other two companions that I had just barely had a song. I played it for them. I started crying. It was really emotional. And they were like, wow, this is this is beautiful. And something that's really cool is the two of them were also musicians. So one of my companions, amazing violinist, Sister Bryce, phenomenal. She's so good. And I've heard a lot of bad violin in my life, and she was not that. She was so good. I love listening to her play. She took private lessons forever. And then my other companion had a beautiful voice, was so good at singing. We would sing all the time. And so I started writing the piece for piano, two voices, and violin, because that was the talent we had in our apartment. But there were some crazy things happening. So basically, I wrote the rest of the song in a week, which was hard because it, we were really pressed for time because the violinist was about to go home from permission in a week and a half when I came up with this idea. And so I was trying to write it so fast. But we also weren't, we didn't want to waste our missionary time. So we were still finding and doing other things and also trying to stay sane because we were quarantined. I was writing the song like every free second of the day during lunch and after dinner and after our, after nine o'clock between 10 and 30, I would just write the song. And I would play things on the piano for my companion and be like, does that sound good? What do you think? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of a madhouse. So I'm writing the song like crazy, and I finished it on Christmas. And so we called our APs in our mission and asked if there was anyone in the mission, a member that owned a studio, because I wanted this recorded good. <laughs> I was putting a lot of effort into this, and it meant a lot, and so I wanted a really good recording of the song. A missionary in the apartment knew a member who owned a studio in his home, the thing is, it was three hours away from where we were because we were on the other side of the mission from most missionaries across this mountain range in Bend, Oregon. Since we were the sister training leaders, we had to travel three hours to Newburgh right before my companion who played the violin left to do a leadership meeting that we did monthly at MLC. And so we started like talking to each other and planning that we would go to MLC Right after, we would drive down to Salem, where this member was, record the song, and then leave. And our companion playing the violin would actually stay because the next day she flew home. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a race for time, you guys. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> so I called this man. His name is Brother Johnson. And so we're talking on the phone. And he, from his understanding... He didn't know anything about what we were doing. He thought we were some random missionaries that wanted to record a Christmas song in his studio. And sometimes he gets a lot of people that 
mooch off of him. And so he starts grilling me on like music theory. And he starts asking me to go over to the piano and to play like an A minor chord or to play D major over F sharp. And so I'm just like playing these chords randomly. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, that was a test. I was just making sure <laughs> that you were basically worthy to record here. <laughs> Um, he's like, you know, a lot of people want to do things here that I'm like, just press play on your iPhone. Like, this is not a studio production thing that you want me to do. Like, you know, which makes a lot of sense. But at the time, I just was not expecting this. So I was shaking while I was on the phone. I'm like, oh, this is so crazy. Then at the end, we explained to him what we were doing and why. And he just went quiet for a while. And then told us that he knew the family of the girl that died. Really? Yeah. And I was totally shocked. Um, and so was he. Uh, it turns out that their aunt had lived, I think, like, grew up together. They knew each other somehow. And so he was already aware of the situation and sending the family condolences. And that was a miracle. I had no idea. Neither did he. It just so happened that. God orchestrated that, and so he was very willing to help us after, you know, he understood the story. I think when I called him, it was before Christmas, I didn't even have the song done, <laughs> so I didn't have much to send him, but I sent him what I had and told him we would send him, like, a full basic recording later. So, flash forward, we drive to MLC, to our meeting. It was fun because Sister Fillmore was actually there. So she, when she found out her sister died, she got permission to fly home to the funeral and then fly back. She had one transfer left, but she wanted to finish her mission. So she was actually at our um, meeting because she was also an STL. So we saw her and went up and hugged her and talked to her. And it was really hard to keep this secret from her <laughs> because we both just wanted to tell her what we were doing and planning for her. But, you know, but it was a really tender moment to to see her and to talk to her so we saw her at MLC and kept our little secret and then after the meeting we practiced and practiced and practiced and that next morning we drove all the way down to this man's studio so we go there and we meet him we go downstairs and we record in the studio and we didn't have a lot of time honestly so each of us had time to basically go through our part of the song like three times and we didn't have any time to sit there while he like mixed the song and put in all his plugins and edited it. And so, cause literally right after that, we drove all the way back up to Newburgh, dropped off our violinist, said goodbye, and then drove three hours back over a mountain pass to Bend, which was snowy mountain pass too. It snowed a little bit. On the way back the next day, Brother Johnson sends me the song. And I'm, I was really nervous. So we click on it and listen to it. And I was just sitting there and I turned to my companion and I was like, this is awful. It sounds so bad. <laughs> I do not like it at all. It sounds really choppy. It sounds really synthetic. He added all these virtual instruments I wasn't expecting. And I'm really sad right now. And so we started texting him. And I don't want to be mean. Like, I really appreciate the time that he spent. We started texting him and I just was like, hey, could you, like, take this out? Could you change this? You know, at first he's like, oh, sure. 
I started sending a lot of texts because I was very picky, <laughs> which I felt I had the right to do so. So I sent him this really long text of all these things that I wanted him to change. And I was a little bit expecting this, but he called me when we got back to our apartment and told me that if I wanted it a certain way, I should just record it on my iPhone, like he said earlier, and that I was asking too much of him, that he spent all this time to help us, and we were being so rude about everything, and just said all these really hurtful things. And so I was just on the phone, and I just kind of took it, you know, like, just absorbed all the things that he was saying, even though it was ripping my soul. I was like, okay, like, I'm so sorry. We know you're really busy. We can maybe find someone else to mix the song a little bit different because it, I just really need it a different way. So I started calling all these missionaries frantically. I'm like, is there anyone that's an audio engineer in your ward? And we found someone and we called him and he's in like Pennsylvania on vacation. And I was like, this is really random, but maybe when I get home, I can look at it. And so I was just really stressed out for a couple hours. And then the phone rang again, and I looked at the number. I could tell it was Brother Johnson who produced it for us. And so I picked up the phone, and he immediately asked, is this Sister Carlson? And I said, yes. And then he just goes, I am so sorry. And I lost my crap. I started crying so hard. And I threw the phone at my companion. To, for her to talk because I could not talk. I just started sobbing uncontrollably because it was just a lot I was holding in. And I felt like I was trying to do this really good deed and all these negative things were happening. And so I was just really overwhelmed. So I threw the phone at my companion and he starts talking to us and he just apologized profusely and explained that ever since we had called him, he had actually been in a legal situation with his neighbor that was trying to like sue him for a good deed basically that he did and so he was trying to put out all these legal fires and at the same time we started asking him to help us with this song and that day had been really rough he had just been getting call after call and so he was really frustrated but actually had nothing to do with us and he just took it out on me in the moment but he said afterwards he said a prayer and that while he was praying he just felt such an inspiration from god that this project was really important that he should treat it as such, and that it was going to help a lot of people, including their family. So he's on the phone with us, and he just said, I'm so sorry, I want to help. I will make the recording sound exactly how you want to. I just need you to email me and be super detailed about how you want it done and in what part of the song and all this stuff. And so it was really sweet of him. That's a hard thing to do and to apologize, and I really appreciate it. You know, I think he's a phenomenal person. And he may have had that moment of frustration, but overall, like, it's so amazing what he did for us. And I'm so grateful. So we were emailing back and forth, having him change little things. And then he sent me a recording that was pretty good that I liked. And there were just two, like, tiny details I asked him to change. And he emailed me the next day and told me that the, the project was up in his studio while he was gone and the power went out and deleted it completely and he could not resurrect it to save his life. And so at that point, I thankfully still had the MP3 that he had sent me before that was almost perfect, you know, for the standard of what we were going for. 
And so I just told him, you know what, this other recording is great. We're just going to run with that <laughs> because you can't even work on it at all anymore. Like it's all deleted off his computer. We took that MP3 and a couple days later I emailed Sister Fillmore and I sent it to her and her mom and I wrote them like a really long email about why I had written the song and how much Sister Fillmore meant to me and how much I knew that her sister meant to her and just about Christ and how, you know, because of him, this really raw, sad experience can still have hope in it. And that's something I really like about the lyrics of the song is it is sad and reflects on this person that you love missing them, but at the same time expresses hope in Christ and how it's not the end of everything. And though I'm left here now Somehow to figure out How to live without you here I have no Sister Fillmore calls us and it's just me and Sister White at this point and we had both been companions with her so we both love her a lot and she calls us sobbing just absolutely sobbing and just expressed to me how much the lyrics meant so much to her and how everything felt the same way that she felt in that moment and how much she really needed this and I my heart has never felt more full you know it just was so happy and touched that I could create something that would make someone else feel that way and so you know me and my companion were just sitting on the phone just teary-eyed listening to her and, and felt so comforted and so amazing that we could help her in this way so later I told my mission president about it and he asked us to film a music video and to post it online another miracle our zone leader there's only two zones anywhere near where I was serving all the rest of the missionaries were like two and a half hour drive away, right? And it turned out the zone leader right next to us was a videographer, <laughs> right? And a really good one too. And so he came over and helped us shoot this video. And it's funny because when we started it, I told him that I did not want to be in it at all. I just wanted pictures of Jesus, <laughs> you know? Like maybe you can edit out the Bible videos. And I was like, I don't want to be in it. Like, don't put me in it. But he convinced me to be in it a little bit, is what he said. He's like, just a little bit, I'll just film you guys. And and so he, he took over what he thought it should look like, which in the end was better than what I thought it should look like, because <laughs> he's an actual videographer. But he came over and he filmed us, and he had all this really nice equipment that the mission had bought and was using for other videos. 
And so the filming was really good and it looked really good. And then he found these pictures of, um, I don't know, some church video. He edited out these pictures that they made moving, whatever that is. He put it in and it looked great. <laughs> it looked super good. And so the next day, actually it wasn't, so I finished the song in January, but it wasn't until March that the video was done. So I posted the video and for me, this was all about like her and her family, really. I didn't think about other people watching it, but I kind of had this vision of it could help people. And I wake up the next day and I have all these messages from random people or from missionaries in our mission, just like texting me about this video and about the song. And I start looking through and there were like so many views and over the course of how long we've had it up, it has over like a hundred thousand views in combination oh, with what? like, cause we posted it on Facebook first and then there's these two large accounts that reposted it and then someone reposted it onto their YouTube channel. So I think at one point I added it up and it was over a hundred K. I was like, okay, like, I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, what was really sweet is I looked through a lot of comments and actually wrote some of them down to read just random people and some of them are relatives of her. So this is from a lady who said, sometimes I ask myself why I'm here, why I stay in this gospel. Humans make mistakes and are flawed, me being number one. But this is far greater than what any human could do and it's far too important to let this go over human mistake. I can feel the truth. Someone else said, this is the most amazing tribute to our sweet Maddie and her sister, Abby. These sister missionaries in her mission wrote and recorded this touching song that we will cherish forever. And thank you, Brother Johnson, for taking the time to put this together. There are no coincidences, just tender mercies. And another person said, wow, this turned out simply amazing. Thank you to the sisters and Cole Johnson. Have my own little ugly cry moment just now in my office as I'm thinking of Maddie and those in my life who I've lost. I'm incredibly grateful for my Savior, Jesus Christ, and that by, through, and in Him, we can see our loved ones again. Once again, thank you for putting this together. And then one I thought was called Brother Johnson commented and said that the story of how this all went down is one of the great spiritual experiences in my life. Wow. And so I just all these messages from missionaries and from members of their family extended and immediate of how much this song had touched them and the video and all these random people I didn't even know when it started being reposted a lot I remember someone commenting like I'm weeping right now and through months after I I had a lot of people still messaging me for the audio or asking if I had sheet music and even when I came home, I think the last message I got was still just like two months ago, someone asking me for the song who had just found it. I have a favorite quote that I have in a mission journal. It's by Ezra Taft Benson, and he says, Men and women who turn their lives to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, Quicken their minds, strengthen their muscles, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends, and pour out peace. Whoever will lose his life in the service of God will find eternal life. And I really felt that God made a lot more out of that than I 
imagined or ever could have myself. Because honestly, like, I don't really think I'm, like, the best musician out there that I have, like, all these amazing songwriting skills or whatever. Um, Obviously, the process of this was very imperfect, everything that happened. But I do believe that God orchestrated all of it, that he can make a lot more out of us than we can of just ourselves. Um, And then, of course, the other half being you know, about the tragedy with her sister and their family, that there's there's still a silver lining. There's so many things that you can find God in their lives and through that experience, even though it is tragic and you really can't take away that sorrow, but you can still see the beauty in it and, and things that occur and still believe that, you know, she's out there somewhere and that their family will reunite again. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I just feel... I really feel the spirit and I feel grateful that that you didn't give up on writing the song. You were thinking about how in the world you could provide some kind of comfort and show your love. This idea came and then even though there were, like you said, in the imperfect process, there were different barriers or different obstacles. You, you didn't give up because you believed in this and, and Heavenly Father made more out of it than, than you could have on your own, than any of you could have on your own. You know, he magnified every every part of the process. I guess one thing that I see in your story is that you fulfilled your baptismal covenant. You mourned with those that mourn, you know, and you comforted those that stood in need of comfort through your music and through your skills and through your time and energy and it obviously made a big difference for a lot of people. I love hearing those comments and just thinking about all of the people who um, have benefited spiritually from from hearing your music and from um, from Brother Johnson's, you know, from all of his work and from your companions and, and their singing and, and playing the violin and the videographer, all of the work that went into that. It was pure consecration is what it was because it wasn't for anybody's glory you know it was for showing your love and comfort and basically being a representative of Jesus Christ as mortals we all have that one experience in common that we're all going to lose somebody and a lot of people that we love at some point in our life you know and so to be able to provide some kind of comfort and relief and and hope to Anybody who listens to your song is really beautiful and and admirable. When I wrote this song, especially like it was the day of, right, that I found out, it just, it came from a place like from the spirit, but also like you were saying, I was really just trying to feel like the raw emotions that come with that and trying to somehow articulate them. Which is why when my friend called me and was crying and was talking about how much like it meant to her and kind of expressed how she felt that I my heart just felt so full. But um, one of my my companion sister Wyatt really loved this quote that talked about how some of the most rainy, dark places on earth are some of the most beautiful. You know, Oregon's a great example. It rains all the time during the winter. But when you visit in the summer, it's so green and so lush. And I guess kind of just that dichotomy of we go through these experiences, but how they turn us into this beautiful Christ-like person, even though they're hard and you really can't 
escape the sorrow, but you can let it work within you and, and turn you into a more understanding, deep, beautiful person. I think about that experience a lot. It's been a year now. My life is very different than it was when I was in those circumstances. And uh, coming home was definitely really hard for me. And like, <laughs> I feel like my self-consciousness just like bonked down for a while. You know, like it's just, it's just hard. And so I think about that a lot and think about like, I don't know what I want to do with my future, but I want it to be related to that. So right now I'm a student at UVU, currently studying commercial music because I don't want to underestimate myself still. And I do feel like this is a gift from God meant to help others. Some things that I would like to do now, I actually am going, I'm planning on re-recording the song because we didn't have a lot of time. There are still things that I have that I want to do differently and want to have it more professional and sound more modern than it does. Um, so that's something that I'm working towards. It's just hard because I want it to be as miraculous as, as an experience <laughs> as it was. So I don't know if I'm just waiting for the stars to align. I have some friends that are producers and I've just, I've just kind of been sharpening my saw right now before I actually go forward with it. Um, I also do want to make sheet music available for people. I had a lot of people ask me for it and I would like to put it out there somewhere as well as publish this song like on Spotify and Apple Music for people, like the original recording. I don't know. It's just a cool adventure because I feel like it's not really about me as much as me wanting to help others, like you guys are saying. So those are some plans I have now. I guess I just wanted to say that. That's kind of like where I am with life and where I want to move going forward is to continue doing things like this and also revisit this project to make it even better now that I have more resources. But in the end, like the whole theme of everything does boil down to Jesus Christ. I believe there's a lot more to this life because of him and that uh, he can make a lot more out of us than all of us can. And I hope that anyone listening, like <laughs> that no one would underestimate their abilities to do good and to make an impact and to help others through whatever trials are going on because we shouldn't underestimate ourselves because of the divinity in us and the godly in us that God put there to help us with our weaknesses to become strong or to help us to create things or to multiply our talents. All of those things come from God. And so maybe I'm preaching to the choir. I'm probably just preaching to myself mostly. <laughs> you know what that is. <laughs> and so I believe it. <laughs> But that is something that I think is really important. In many ways, you answered the final question that we ask on the podcast is how will you continue this story? And I love your plan going forward that you want to reproduce it. And now that you have those resources and, and even the sheet music, that's an, an incredible idea. That will be a resource that people can turn to and they can have the lyrics right in front of them and, and sing it themselves and, and then just continue to give your music to the world and your testimony, your testimony of Christ. And in many ways, you being here is a way that you're really continuing that story, one in telling it and also in sharing your testimony of Jesus Christ. Since you're consecrating your talents and your time and your energy to the Lord and to 
giving it to other people and trying to help them to feel understood. You really will magnify all that you do. And I just, I believe that there's going to be, there will be miracles and other special things that happen in your life because of that desire that you have. So I'm excited to see all that you do. Thank you. We're your biggest fans. We're following you. We'll follow you on Spotify. Yes, we will. Uh, Once I start putting things on. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you. And I've been... I don't know. I haven't told like this full story to a lot of people. So that's why I was really excited. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. So thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you. And this was the Remember Your Story podcast. Tune in to our next story.